Technology that was designed to help us get through the pandemic seemed exciting at the time and new and fresh, but uh, there's uh, growing evidence that it did more harm than good. We're going to explore those issues in today's episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Keith Shaw with Today in Tech, and uh, we're going to talk about the pandemic. And I know it's kind of like, oh, again, the pandemic, but there's a a bunch of stories that came out that really sort of uh, gel into this idea of pandemic technology doing a little bit more harm than good. Uh, Joining me to discuss this is my partner in crime behind the camera. It's Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? This is going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do sort of, uh, some articles and react to some stuff. And I want to get some things off my chest in terms of some frustrations that, that I felt during the pandemic. So maybe this is a more of a therapy session for me, but there is some, some news that we wanted to talk about. Uh, this came out last week. Uh, it was a New York times article. Uh, if you want to bring that one up, students lost one third of a school year to the pandemic. And again, it wasn't necessarily, this wasn't necessarily blaming the technology, but they said that learning delays and regressions, um, basically the kids lost about a third of, of what they normally would do. Um, this analysis, basically this, the findings suggest that the challenges of remote learning coupled with other stressors that plagued children and families throughout the pandemic were not rectified when school doors reopened. And they're saying that a lot of kids are still behind, especially in math. Uh, and so um, I think most of it now, again, I've got, I've got three kids and, and they all went remote during the pandemic. And so we, there were a lot of school districts that, that went completely remote during the early parts of the pandemic. Later on, a lot of them started to reopen uh, and sort of integrate. There were a lot of family, you know, but a lot of the reopenings included, you're going to have to wear a mask all the, all day. And, you know, so for the, for the 2020 to 2021 school year, we put our kids in uh, a virtual learning uh, classroom, virtual school. They had that available to Massachusetts. And so we enrolled all three kids in a school. And again, we thought we were doing the right thing. And they had a flexible kind of hybrid program where you didn't have to sit in a Zoom meeting. And you didn't have to do a Zoom call because, uh, you know, the early experiments with Zoom and kids were you, my kids were just exhausted and didn't want to participate in those types of sessions. So we said, all right, this learning platform, this school uh, does this uh, program called Edgenuity, where you get to log on and you basically watch PowerPoint presentations and videos. And then you, they give you the lesson. And then at the end of each of the lessons, you take a quiz. Now we didn't really know a lot about this platform when we signed up for it. And when we signed up for the, these types of programs, it turns out that there was a quiz in every subject every day. And if you had four or five subjects, it was watch a video, take a quiz watch a video, take a quiz. And then they had tests, which were longer. And it turns out that the, a lot of the tests didn't even match the content for what was being produced. And then we discovered that there was an error. There, there, there were a bunch of errors because a lot of these videos were made in 2011, 20, 2012. And now, so this is now 10 years later and they haven't updated the videos. Like in, in my son's American history class, for example, um, they were still saying that Barack Obama was the president. And oh, wow. it hadn't updated it since then. So um, 
I made a video actually. Uh, this is eight seconds, so you can bring this up, Chris. This um, annuity one. So this is um, in my, my one of my daughter's class. It was a science class, and they were talking about weight and gravity and what the difference is. And you know, so most of these um, again, this is just this is basic PowerPoint here. You had a you know the teacher would be in the video in the upper left uh, upper right corner, and you'd have the photo there, and basically bullet points was trying to teach you stuff. But like I had to go over this a couple of times and say, did she actually say what she just said? So go ahead and play this and see if you can spot the error. This is a photo of Buzz Aldrin, who landed on the moon with Neil Armstrong in 1972. It sounds, you know, it sounds, you know, it sounds about right until you realize that they didn't land on the moon in 1972. The U.S. did land on the moon in 72, but the first moon landing was 1969. Unless it's some of the, unless I'm in an alternate universe, Chris. Yeah, no, that seemed off. I mean, I am super rusty on my history, but um, I mean, all we had to do was just look it up. Right, right. right. Yeah, I definitely know it was right. 1969, unless it's one of those Mandela effect things where I did shift and we, you know, we suddenly are living in a, in a, in a universe where they landed on the moon in 1972. I pointed this out to the, the, the teachers of this online school. And they're like, well, that's the platform. They have to fix it. So I don't even know if that's been fixed yet in terms of anybody that still might be learning it. School districts flocked to Edgenuity uh, and just were, because that's the only thing that was available to them. And, you know, the company that did this is making a ton of money or they did make a lot of money. I think a lot of school districts went back to, you know, not remote learning. Um, but mm-hmm. there are still probably some districts that where people are doing some remote learning with this company. And I mean, it's just, it, I, I wanted to shake my head every time. And, and it turns out that by, by the end of the school year, I was basically working at home anyway. And so half of my day would be just watching videos with my daughter who was in fifth grade at the time. My son was in seventh grade at the time. My oldest got through it, no problem. But I would sit there and actually help them and then reteach them stuff if we needed to, especially in math. Um, Some of the math ones were were hard for them to comprehend. Uh, And then I would actually sit there and watch them help and take the test with them. And if there was something we didn't know, there was a, a sort of a back channel way to basically cheat. And I'm, not, I, you know, I don't think any of my uh, kids' teachers are watching this because they went back to their regular school system anyway. So it doesn't really matter at this point. Well, if they're if they're learning at home, all they got to do is just Google the answer. Yeah, well, so I get teachers looking over your shoulder. There was there was a um, another site I can't remember the name of it, but there was an online kind of it's a homework helper type site. And you could basically copy and paste the question from the quiz into this search engine and find, oh, it was Brainly. Yeah, it was, that's the name of it. Um, and, I, and I actually started going, I logged on and created an account on Brainly and actually started helping these kids explain some of these, these answers to the questions that they were having in the quiz. Not just giving an answer, but explaining the concept, especially in math. And, and you know, I almost got a couple of awards and little stars on the Brainly site, but probably another site that hasn't gone and people would type in like oh this is edge 2020 like it that was the code word for like this is on the quiz and here's you know here's the answer right so you were doing the job of Of, the teacher at that point right right and it was kind of the early form of chat gpt like this was this is what people (laughs) did in the in you know the days of the pandemic and it and again as a parent i was just trying to get through this and so when the schools reopened then it, it got a little better but you know, obviously there's, there's recognition that learning didn't happen. And there seemed like there was such potential for remote learning and, and sort of, 
this kind of concept. But I think after everybody's experience, especially with the way that they were teaching and, and, you know, unfortunately teachers didn't know a lot about how to use zoom. So there were a lot of examples of people getting on zoom and, and then regular people that somehow found they were hacking into some of these meetings and right. There was no privacy. There was no passwords. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. You know, early on, I can chime in on this real quick. I, when I heard that they were, um, you know, when when the schools were switching to Zoom, um, I knew right away that that wasn't going to work out at all. Um, I mean, because you got to think about it. These, these are kids, right? Um, when you're home, you're home, right? And a perfect example is, you know, if you're in middle, you know, middle school or high school, what's the best part of a snow day? It's not doing anything. Not going into or school. Not going into school. Right? Because right. part oh, yeah. of school is going there sitting at your at your desk listening to a teacher you know give their lecture and, and teaching and stuff that was school so now you go ahead and tell kids yeah well, well you know just zoom into the lesson at home well it's not really the same um, right and I totally agree you know like looking at the articles that we have here yeah students lost one third of a school year dependent yeah I mean who would have I mean I'm not surprised. Kind of that, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. It's, I'm it's not no surprised brainer. it's not bigger. I mean, you know, one third is actually not, not I'm sure, bad. I'm sure think. it is a lot more, actually. I'm, yeah. They're probably undercounting. Uh, could I be. mean, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I, I, I think our school district probably, you know, I don't know if they've reported the, the test scores, but I think that they're, they're definitely probably down in a lot of categories and a lot dependent on the grades. I think um, my youngest daughter uh, developed some, some anxiety issues. Uh, I mean, she was in fifth grade and, you know, my older son was fine and, and my oldest daughter was, was okay. Um, she got through it cause I can't, I, I think emotionally and developmentally, they were at a point where they could deal with it. Younger kids, I think didn't know any better and, or, you know, I don't know. I think the jury's still out probably on what, I mean, this is going to go on for you know, years as they, as they right. determine, you know, how bad some of these things were and it. And, and again, Maybe there was nothing else they could do. I mean, maybe, but but at least, you know, recognize, you know, and again, God forbid this happens again. And I don't think it's going to, I mean, if, if we do end up with another type of pandemic type situation, I'm pretty sure most school districts will do something different than just immediately think, oh, technology is the answer. We'll just zoom everybody in and, you know. They probably could have had classes outdoors i mean not in the snow but you know what i mean i don't know yeah Something. so you know they did go <laughs> so so the when they reopened the school um there were still there was you know there were still people wearing masks and i think masks were semi-optional at the point but i remember picking my kids up or dropping them off at one point and there was a gym class going on and the gym class obviously they didn't want to you couldn't exert any sort of exercise and sweat because remember how all the gyms were closed too and things like that yeah so the gym class was basically they had bunches of students socially distanced walking around the track like really slowly and you couldn't like walk together you had to walk in your own little personal pod and then they started doing some classes outdoor in this in the spring but you were still like 12 feet away from everybody it was like yeah i mean if you think about it like the whole you know the reason why you know uh we acted like this right and when i say we acted like this i mean schools right this the reason why schools did this right yeah is because you know you had a novel uh, virus that's running around and we didn't know much about it at the time right? right and i think today right we know a lot more about it and we can kind of make 
better decisions around, you know, how to teach our kids. Right. And I think if anything, this has just taught us, yeah, don't, don't, don't do Zoom, don't do the Zoom classes at home. Right. You know, without... I think that teacher the, or, or someone, right? I think the issue the issue got politicized too early too. I'm depending on what side of the aisle you're on, yeah. you, you know, either it was a genius decision or the worst decision in the world. And I was I I always try to take a look at look at the data. What does the data say? What does the data say? Right. And early on, it said that the kids were not being affected by this at all. And and yeah. or you know or the 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 symptoms were light the symptoms were mild there are always going to be outliers in any sort of data this is what I learned in my ingenuity online I I was the valedictorian <laughs> of the of the fifth and seventh grade that year because um, we started talking about statistics in in some of the math classes and they said this is what an outlier is it's that one case where you know it it doesn't fall into a normal curve and. So every time I tried to bring this up in the in with the school officials that we were talking to, again I wasn't a political av- activist by any means, but you know I would I would see the data for the state and I would see the data for our town, and would say to them like, "There's there's you know the chances of someone getting sick and you know being seriously harmed or even killed by this from a student perspective is extremely minuscule low." And then someone would always pop up on a message board or something and go, "Well, there's this one kid in Arizona who died." And I was like, "Well, we're in we're in central Massachusetts. Like there's no way." And I, right. I even I even calculated the percentage of the chance that anybody in our school was going to get seriously ill from this. And the numbers are really low. But again, people would rather react and be emotional than than looking at numbers and understanding what percentages and statistics means, which means we need to teach better math in school. And we keep doing less and less of the actual math and science and, you know, some of these things. Although don't get me started on science. Actually, Keith, it's, it's all about the science. Huh? It's yeah, science as a quote science as a science is now a religion for for some people, um, which it shouldn't be. It should just be like ob- observe and use data and be rational about that stuff. So I started thinking I want to jump on and, and see because this isn't just about schools I want to talk about, but I wanted to also then see well how did the pandemic affect the people at work and you know we get into the issues of Zoom fatigue and you know I, that was a big thing where people were just kind of sick and tired of being on a Zoom meeting and we still live in an environment with some of these hybrid work things where we do have a lot of Zoom meetings and still talk about with with people that are working remotely um, but some of the other technology I want to bring up the um, the story about the digital workplace the New York Times Magazine one gotcha um, I got it okay. Right. So this was an interview with a with a book author uh, with Cal Newport. Um, and basically the idea of I love this, this lead, um, you know, email, instant messaging, remote meeting apps, workflow and project management software and so on can feel like so many buckets with holes in the bottom, mattingly, mattingly inadequate to the task of keeping us from drowning in work. Um, this is sort of a sore point with me as well. We tend to create software or adopt software to replace something that we're annoyed with and it never really does replace something instead it just adds another bucket right and with you know so it's we have email we have instant messaging we have microsoft teams collaboration software we have slack <coughs> sorry we we have so many of these tools in 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 this article, 
talks about how the more and more we do this, the more the less and less work is actually getting done. And do you feel that way sometimes at work where, where someone like there was a suggestion and I don't want to, yeah, there was another suggestion to add and adopt another collaboration platform. And I, in my head, I was like, ah, please, no, please don't make me do well, this. Well, here, I'd ask you this, Keith. Have you ever seen the movie uh, WALL-E? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a limit there. There's got to be a limit to how much we should involve tech in, in the working environment. Right. Because eventually you just become so detached from, you know, the real world, honestly, if we're just all working at home, uh, sitting at our, our desks at our home on zoom or, you know, on our laptops, just plugged in all the time. Right. Uh, I think you're going to lose a, a, a big chunk of, um, of productivity uh, in your job um, because there is something to be said about working in person, like seeing people in person, um, right? The social interactions with your peers and coworkers. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely do think there should be, a, you know, some sort of line or limit to, you know, what we use uh, in work, you know? Yeah. I, and, and again, we're, we talk about, if you, to bring back the school analogy where we talk about how bad uh, it is for kids to be looking at screens all day. Um, and that's usually in, in reference to either a kid on his phone or an iPad, just kind of, you know, just yeah. doing this. I, I, I watch my daughter with her phone and she just sits there at the kitchen table or, you know, and just does this all day. Just, you know, it's, scanning her. It's at, at, horrible for your neck too, by the way. I, my, like, I watch, you know, I'm trying to watch some TV with my son. And he doesn't watch the TV. He just sort of like listens to it while he's on the phone. And some people would say, well, he's multitasking. It's like, well, so no, because some of these TV shows, you it's visual in addition to audio. So some of the best jokes on a TV show are visual jokes. And I usually have to tell him like, oh, are you watching? Because this is really funny. And I don't know. I I, I just think good, getting back to the, the collaboration thing, it's like whenever one of these new platforms is being introduced, the old platform never really gets replaced because there are people that were like, well, I'm never going to use that one. Just, I'm going to use email and a spreadsheet and that's all I need. And right. it's like, well, no, you have to now use this thing where you click and drag and click and drag and click and drag. I was like, Oh boy, I'm, I'm really hoping that we do not have to um, use that. So that leads me to sort of my next kind of thing that I want to talk with you about is that um, the Gallup thing, bring up the, the article from the Hill. Uh, and this was a Gallup survey that says that fewer Americans are now actively engaged at work. Um, so they, they took, they took, uh, they asked questions about engagement rates at work. And I don't know necessarily what engagement means. Um, they don't really explain that. Um, it's just, they're just talking about the numbers. Um, fully engaged. I mean, does it mean like you're happy at work or you're participating at work? You feel like you're doing work. Yeah. Um, but the numbers are down again. And it's, and I don't know if this is like the post pandemic blues that people are having, but I can sense that, uh, with, with some people at, well, not, not necessarily here. Um, but I can get a sense of, you know, there's, there's still sort of a, we're still in that mode of, nah, yeah, there's still, work, there's yeah. still a cloud lingering over. Right. Um, around the workplace and, and stuff like that. Right. 
and I'm not sure if this is every workplace, if this is specific to, uh, you know, knowledge workers in an office setting or, you know, if you're out at a grocery store, do you feel like the grocery workers are engaged, not engaged? Oh, I think that's, you know, oh, oh, grocery stores. I, I think it's, it's weird. It's like it, nothing has happened to grocery stores. What do you mean? I, I shop at Market Basket. So it's busy 24 yeah. seven. Yeah. Nonstop. Everybody's. You know, it kind of feels like they're, you know, they're, they're all stuck, you know, all the workers and stuff, market, you know, the grocery stores in general, just stuck in like a time capsule. Like nothing <laughs> happened. Nothing happened, right? Well, until they re- replace all the cashiers with self-checkout. Yeah, and- that's true. I mean, I guess that's the reason why, because at a grocery store, and especially the one I, I go to, right, um, you can't really work from home in those grocery stores when you need to stock shelves, right? So, you know, it's like one of those... Uh, necessity jobs yeah i in fact there's a local target and they've uh, most of the time when i go there now there's only one cashier mm-hmm. human and everybody else is just waiting in line at the self-checkout it's sad it's sad it's uh, honestly i think it's and just... somehow i now nah, yeah and now I'm, i've become a worker for target mm-hmm. yeah exactly without getting paid for it like it's genius on their part but unfair to the the rest of the workers right um all right so this leads me so th- there's a whole theme around this, Chris. I'm I, I, okay, okay. There's a method to my madness because okay. I I know you're going to react to this one, so uh, I can't wait. So because so because there's a disengagement, I think companies are exploring new ways to try to get people to engage at work or be, become more than the Zoom fatigue. Um, there was another story that I didn't that I w- didn't bring up, but basically there was a new. St- um, let me just read this one. There's a, a, a new study suggesting that human brains need in-person interaction, and so well, the, no kidding. Yeah, this was this I, was the dumb moment. Wow, I don't even have a, a I don't know like a doctorate degree or anything. Of course, we need social interaction. This, all right, <laughs> so there, you have scientific evidence here. Now, are you ready to hear this evidence? Did it just come out? Did this evidence? Yeah. Ju- this really? was this was this the or at least the story was recent within the last month or so. Okay. All right. So the researchers they they took 62 mother child pairs. So they took a mother and a child. And so they they hooked them up to an encephalogram, which I think I just Wait, do you have do you have the uh the article uh, <laughs> I, on a link? Or I don't. I, I didn't give you this okay. one. Um all right, That's all right. We'll we'll link it in the description. I below. I I totally botched the pronunciation of that. Basically they they hooked up wires to people's brains and so they measured brain activity okay okay so they they measured their brain activity when they were talking in person and then they did the same thing but then through a video remote video chat and the researchers found that participants brains were more synchronized when they were in each other's presence but did not do so when they were chatting through a screen Researchers said they were able to observe nine important cross-brain links between participants during the in-person conversation compared to only one link during the virtual chat. Like, that's it. Yeah, Boom. there you go. Boom. There you have it. Like, it's legit now. Science. It's, it's on science. It's on science and it's on paper. All right. So... This leads me to the next one. So bring up the so so I think what offices are going to do if, if as they try to get people to come back to work, we're like, well, what can we do? We don't want to we won't we don't want to go back to the way things were. We want to try to keep people engaged. We want to keep some hybrid workers. Well, so, hold on. So wait, let's just let's just tear out the office and create this new thing, which you're going to pop up. Wait, right? so yeah, hold on, real, real okay. quick. Let me just uh, pause there for a second. What do you mean by they don't want it to go back to the way it was before, like fully full time? Is that I because I I think that they realize that that's not tenable. That's not. I mean, it was possible. For, it was for, I don't know, fifty, hundred yeah, years. Know. But 
I know we can't like, go back to the 1950s. Well, it was like the, it was like I said earlier. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I mentioned to you. You know, it's like um, all right. Give give a toddler a piece of candy. Okay, he's gonna love it. Oh, right, he's he's gonna love it. Toddlers love candy. Right now, take the candy away. What happens? They they start crying. Yeah, and I think that's what's gonna happen now. Is we're gonna have all the so, toddlers start. Crying. So companies are now taking instead of so they're taking away the candy, but then they're, they're taking giving, away the candy. They're giving them a vegetable, which probably doesn't help. You have to replace the candy. You have to give them candy, but in a different location. Vegetables are yucky. Them, you have to Vegetables give them a different piece of candy. You have to give them something that that is still good for them, but they might enjoy. Right. So piece of bread. I don't know. So is it is this the uh, meta? This, this is the, the Logitech telepresence video booth. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, okay. So this is up. now, so, uh, you know, instead of trying to figure out or maybe go, you know, bring people back in the office. Now we're going to create these little video booths in which people are going to, it looks like a little couch with a background and they, you, oh, this is great. The image on the, if you scroll up a little, the image on the right, it looks like this looks like the, the trickery that they do at the haunted mansion where they they shine they they project an image and this is the video camera but then they flash it on an angled mirror and then that image pops up and so in you know instead of trying to fix the problem or get rid of these calls they're going to do like you're going to do a video chat call with a ghost right well, hey, uh, I'm sorry. I, that's just that's that's and that's not even the goofiest thing we're going right. to talk about today. Well, if it's let's let's frame it this way, right? If you're a some corporate company, right? You're some corporate company. Let's call uh, it Company X. Company X, right? You have a decision to make with your budget. You need to spend X amount of money on these booths, or the free option is to just have people come back into work X amount of times a week. Right. I don't know which which one would you pick? If if you're a, a CEO of I think I would just kind of work with your employees to kind of bring them back in on a more regular basis instead of cuz you know I mean Keith you know this. These aren't going to be cheap. This is new no, new yeah. revolutionary and, and tech. And you've got to get some IT guys to then connect these and make sure that there's a exactly. there's probably a computer in there that they have to connect to. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that's that running. <sighs> Did they give a price at all? No. Because okay. I don't think this is our, I mean, I don't know if this is officially available or if this is a concept they're still working it's on. It's probably just a concept. Um, that would easily, easily go for five, ten thousand. Because I'll tell you what, soundproofing material is not cheap. There was another, there was another article that I forgot to give you, Chris, about where people were complaining about people that are returning to the, the workplace are now complaining that it's too loud. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <sighs> it's like, I, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, the anecdote that they used was in a hair salon, which is really kind of the worst idea. I mean, it's the worst anecdote because you, when you get your haircut, which I need a haircut. Um, sure. So, but, you know, the, the, the barbershop or the haircut, that's the best. It's always going to be noisy. But they're saying that people that are going back to work and they have been used to a quiet environment in their home. And it's like, well, I want to visit that home because, you know, I've got dogs and kids. It's always noisy. <laughs> um and again, you could, you know, but instead, you know, they want to complain about this to their office managers instead of just like, just put a pair of headphones on. Right. If you're bothered by the person next to you, whether it's they're on the phone or if they're chewing loudly for their lunch yeah, um, or something else that's annoying, uh, you know, put the headphones on. I, I worked at an office. This was not here. I, I worked at an office where there was someone two cubes away and they were customer service. So they were constantly answering the phone. It was like that lady in office space. 
It was like corporate accounts payable, corporate accounts payable. Please hold. Mm-hmm. Like it was like that lady. Only she had a cough and she coughed a lot. And yeah. we kept saying like, "Can I get you a, a a throat lozenge? Can I get you a cough drop?" Like, and at some point we just I just took it, took my headphones, plugged into Spotify, and even didn't even listen to music. Sometimes I just you know put them on just to try to drown out that noise. I didn't complain to my manager about you know this person. It's like just deal with it. Well. I mean, you know. All right, but that's not the goofiest thing we're going to talk about. The goofiest thing that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I is think I have it up. Bring up the other uh, video. This was now. This was so. There was all this collaboration software, and a lot of things that happened during the pandemic were like, well, all right, well, people are sick of Zoom meetings, so let's let's go into the world of virtual reality and virtual workplaces and make it more like a video game. And this so is, you're talking about Meta. This is Meta, and this was their Horizon workrooms for their virtual reality. So you apparently someone would put on a virtual headset, I think, yeah. at some point. I mean, we could just play it because I think yeah. it's a demo. Yeah, this is. All right, here we go. People, and you get to walk around virtual things. Microsoft has a new tool called Microsoft Mesh that's looking to do a similar thing with holographic avatars in AR and VR. But where Facebook's Horizon Workrooms gets a lot weirder and more interesting is that it takes your computer with you and your desk. Okay, but so when I did the demo, I had huh, to scan okay. my desk what? as part of. The uh, yeah, that's like way too Oculus much work for me already. This tool built into the I mean, what, what's you know what's better than uh, working with your uh, coworkers in person? You know, just work with them in a in a virtual environment. That's I think most most workers better. that are yeah most knowledge workers are never going to want to put these headphones and head and headsets on. I mean, imagine if I had to wear so you you know if I had to wear these headphones all day long. It would right. be annoying, right? Oh, and now imagine, with, now imagine me putting this uh, a virtual reality headset on and sitting in a cube. Then that's really Orwellian at that point. I mean, this is just sad. I mean, Google Doc stuff. Like I know a lot of people will make the comparison to like Wally, right? I mean, we're all just sitting on a on a couch, we're all just sitting on a we're floating we're pod. Yeah, I I don't want that future. Right. Virtual universe. I don't think anybody wants that future. Maybe with the robot. Maybe the robot part, but not the. Uh, yeah, and that I, even that that one isn't even the goofy. I mean, you know, I saw I saw demos of of ones where it was like you were playing a video game and you had to use a joystick to walk to a virtual lounge or a conference room and then sit down and then you would then zoom in for the meeting and then you know you could see everybody and you could do your avatar thing yeah. it's like i mean i lived through second life and we all saw how bad that was it's like please 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 do not bring that back I, at some point this has to be uh, looked at as a little bit counterproductive you, you know what i mean cuz like again the alternative the easy alternative should just should just be meet in person right? right instead of having you buy this vr headset okay now you got to sign for account then you got to figure out how to use and operate it and it's like well if you just met in person it doesn't really take that much to it other than making the effort but i i don't think going on a little tangent yeah i don't think the the metaverse facebook application is really going to get any legs at all I mean, we were already starting to see it, right? I mean, Meadow laid off X amount of employees. They had that debut. I can't remember exactly where it was at this conference, right? 
and only a couple people showed up in the actual oh, yeah, metaverse. Yeah, I yeah, you, that, yeah, I remember you showed me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that on one of our earlier and, episodes. And I'm just thinking, like, I think we should stop. <laughs> just stop, go back to the drawing board, maybe make something more useful for There are for some, people, some, you know? some interesting niche app applications niche, use, absolutely, niche absolutely use niche. cases for virtual reality and i've talked to a bunch of people that have said things like training someone how to absolutely. fix a wind turbine a giant you know solar or you know wind power thing training how to fix that on the ground so that when they instead of sending them up there and right. then training them up there you know, showing, you know, doing a, a thing where if you're wearing the glasses and you don't know exactly what to fix on an engine, having someone remote in and then tell you, tell the person, right. you know, so the virtual surgery where, you know, you have a surgeon and you might not know how to do something exactly, but then you have, you know, the real expert on the phone who's in Boston and you're in Europe type of a thing. Right. That I can see. Right. So more educational applications, right? Educational Tra training, training customer tutorial. service, things like that. But no, absolutely. Like that's that would be easy market. You know, but into. if it's if it's five members of the marketing team trying to come up with a new ad campaign, like do you really need this probably? It's just honestly, not. it's just I think I mean the whole birth with the meta, right? The metaverse is like you know, just it, it's Facebook trying to get to that next level. Like, look, what's the next level of Facebook? What what more could they do? I still don't understand right? why Facebook bought the company, bought that company anyway. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I'm still trying to figure out, like, because again, at the time, Facebook was just like, hey, this is here's a picture of my kids and they're ice skating. And, and it was like, 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 like. I mean, when you when you're, you know, when you got millions and millions of dollars just laying around, you got to do something with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole the whole metaverse idea was based off of this science fiction book called Snow Crash. And everyone was thinking like, you know, or they've seen Ready Player One. That's more of a more modern example yeah. of this. It's like it's, you know, it's virtual gaming and, and, and you know. And then someone's like, well, we can't just talk about video games. So it's like, okay, well, let's bring education in and maybe we'll teach some kids virtually. And, you know, we see how that went. And so now it's like, okay, well, all right, well, now we'll, we'll use it at work and we'll train people on it. And it's like, something's got to stick at something. Some things are sticking, but not as a general purpose sort of type of thing. Are there, are there any other technologies that, that you, that you experienced during the pandemic, Chris, that that maybe we didn't talk about. Um, you know, I, I just I was I was freelancing most you know during most of the pandemic, um, so basically I was in a lot of of uh, uh, Zoom meetings and things like that. But that was it. Like other th other than that, I still used you know regular tools to to write articles and do things like that. And yeah, yeah. No, there was nothing else that I can recall that maybe was brought up other than like video conferencing and then and then some of the educational stuff. Yeah, I mean, other than Zoom, that was pretty much it. I mean, if you had, if you had stock in Zoom at that time, you made out pretty well, <laughs> right? But and, no, it was all it was all Zoom, and it, even, it was all Zoom, and even Zoom. Like I'm, you know, obviously there's still Zoom meetings that are going on, but Zoom tried to add applications and other things within the platform and Zoom games, and they've done things like that. It, like you and I have never played a Zoom game. It's all novelty. It's all novelty. It's it's it, it you know it, it came and it went. And that's it. I, I, don't I mean, think I don't know. Maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe the younger generation likes that stuff because they're on screens all the time. But sometimes I just want to yell out, go outside. Touch <laughs> but, some grass. But don't play on my yard. <laughs> go on someone else's yard. All right. I think we're out of time, Chris. I think we're out of, I think we're out of gas. All right. Good. All good. right. Uh, thanks, Chris.
And thank you for watching. Uh, please like and subscribe the video. Give us some comments if, if we missed anything in this discussion of, of some pandemic tools. If, if there was a tool that you liked, let us know in the, in the comments below. Uh, thanks for watching. New videos every week on Today in Tech.